You're listening to Undeadwood on the Critical Role Podcast Network. Undeadwood is a four-part miniseries, game marshaled by myself, Brian W. Foster, set in the not-so-sleepy town of Deadwood. I'm joined for this series by an incredible cast of characters, including Marisha Ray, Matthew Mercer, Kari Payton, Anjali Bamani, Travis Willingham, and Ivan Van Norman. On to part one. Stay close, Reverend. Nestled deep in the Black Hills of the Dakota Territory sits the not-so-sleepy town of Deadwood. Built by people who wanted no part or were indifferent to the United States. It's a lawless town, a mining town, that attracts a certain type of individual. One with high constitution, many with low intelligence. Many trying to escape the law, previous lives, certain events in town, certain events outside of town. People come here for a myriad of reasons. The locals have formed a semblance of order, keeps the town from going off the rails, but there is no law. Warrants are not honored here. You are likely to get shot for asking someone where they're from. A lot of people keep to themselves, a lot of people get in other people's business. Those who run the town have agreed upon rules that keep things somewhat in order despite the fact there's no law. These people were smart. They're not freezing their balls off in the creek. They wait for the miners to come back to town, take their money in games of chance, pharaoh, whiskey, women, pretty much anything goes. You lot have gathered around the church at the edge of town. As you can see, it suffered a fire in recent weeks. The Reverend Mason has come to Deadwood in an attempt to rebuild the church and is having a gathering on the front steps of the church. Now, a crowd begets a crowd. So you will find yourself huddled around with the other Deadwood residents as Reverend Mason is delivering a speech at the church fundraiser. My children, gather near. I bring you glad tidings of joy, of hope, of forgiveness. I see weariness in your eyes. I see forlorn despair, and it need not be that way. I know this might seem like a godless town, bring you glad tidings 
There is hope for all of us. A chance to begin anew each day just as the sun rises. I would only ask that you all join me here once a week. But I, I am here any time that you may need. No matter where you come from, no matter what walk of life you have found yourself in before, you have a chance to start new, a, a chance at rebirth here in Deadwood. I know the previous Revan was driven out by some energetic celebrations. He was a uh, perhaps not right for this town. I am not afraid. I am not afraid of you or what you bring with you each each day and night. I, I will be here to listen. And I hope you will join me in helping to rebuild this beautiful chapel for our Lord and your Savior. I am one of his, and I hope to minister to all of you in, in whatever way that I can. So come, morning or night, I will, I will be here with a patient ear, and I will hear whatever it is that it may weigh heavy on your hearts. I hope you'll join me. I'll place a hat here each morning if you find yourselves in, in the giving mood and in an in a inspiration to to help rebuild this place of love and hope. Please give whatever you can. I, I promise you it will be put to good use. We will rebuild this church of Deadwood. Thank you. I, I hope to see all of your faces again. As he puts the hat down, <clears throat> a few people sort of walk up toss a couple of coins into the hat. Uh, one of the drunken hoopleheads just sort of spits into the hat and walks away. As the Reverend Mason finishes his speech, there's a couple of people that sort of clap in the back. Someone yells out, suck my dick! Well, that's uncalled for. <clears throat> pretty, pretty typical behavior. As you are gathered around and people are sort of mingling and sort of discussing what the Reverend just said, and um, some are very intrigued by it, some are this is pointless. Some of you that have been in town for a few days or weeks might recognize Johnny, one of the barkeeps at the uh, gym saloon. He's sort of making his way through the crowd and uh, he comes up to your character, Anjali, Miriam, and says, uh, Mr. Swearingen would like to see you at the gym. Um, now, preferably, moves along. Moves over to Mr. Fogg, says, uh, Mr. Swearingen would like to see you at the gym saloon uh, sooner rather than later. Looks at you, Arabella. Same thing. Mr. Swearingen wants to talk to you. Looks at you, Clayton. Mr. Swearingen wants to talk to you. Doesn't appear that he's gone up to anyone else and told them. And lastly, he climbs the steps where Reverend Mason is standing stoically and says, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Jim would like to see you sooner rather than later. I follow behind Johnny, and I take out a $5 bill, and I put it in the hat in front of Mr. Mason. Bless you, my child. Thank you, Reverend. Moving speech. Thank you. How'd I do? It was all right. I could tell you're nervous. Just a bit. 
kind of like the church burnt. Gives a character. Oh, we'll take that into our future design plans. Mm-hmm. You're following Johnny. Does anybody else want to follow Johnny, or you want to do your own thing, or what are you feeling? What is that? After I see the conversation between the two of them, I walk up to the hat and I look gingerly at uh, at Reverend Mason, and I put a few coins in the hat and just move on and follow Arabella. I thank you. Peace be with you. Mm. I keep an eye on the Reverend there and these other individuals that were apparently contacted by Johnny and just quietly wait at the back of the crowd for them to make their way. Mm. I uh, step forward slowly. I've got a bit of a hitch in my gate. My right leg is turned toward the inside pretty hard. I just nod towards the Reverend. How are you, my son? I get along just fine. Of course. Is there anything that's weighing on your heart? No, I'll be all right. Very well. I think maybe I'll go get a drink. Make my way toward the saloon. Okay. Same. So the three of you would be about, I would say, halfway down the thoroughfare on the way to the on the way to the gym. It's not far. It's fifty yards. I'm just keeping my head down, mm-hmm. trying not to draw attention, mm-hmm. even though I know it's moot. <laughs> it's about midday right now, so the thoroughfare is bustling. There's people selling whiskey shots on the street. There's a dentist on the street. There's obviously these house merchants, but throughout the camp, there's tons of shit happening in the thoroughfare. There's all kinds of different trades, people trying to thieve other people. So there's, it, it's pretty busy. There's a lot of stuff happening. So you could go through without anybody really paying too much attention. Does it look like anyone else is approaching the hat or the front steps? A few people toss some coins in. Someone probably tries to take the hat. Someone else nudges them and sells them like, might be a little overboard. Mm-hmm. You know? So do you want to stay there? Do you want to collect your hat? I'll collect my hat. Thank the others that are there. Remind them Sundays, bright and early, sunrise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and start to make my way towards the gem saloon. Mm-hmm. Once, once the Reverend goes ahead and picks up his hat and makes his way that direction, kind of glance around and see if anybody else is paying attention and all the rest of the bustling that's happening, I just keep about 20 feet behind them. Okay. The rest of you enter the gem saloon. It's a saloon. There's two stories. Upstairs are the horse chambers. Downstairs, the bar, the tables. Johnny leads most of you in. You see Dan behind the bar, polishing a shotgun. He's got whiskey there, he's got his shotguns. He's polishing his guns, he kind of looks at you. He's not surprised to see you, but he looks you all up and down just the same. And uh, Johnny comes in and he says, hey, I brought the, um, I brought all the, I brought most of the people you wanted me to go fetch for Al. <clears throat> Dan says, you know how to count to five, Johnny? <laughs> Johnny says, most of the time, yeah, I think so. He's like, you see five people here? I told the guy, I told all of them, 
you guys can come in if you want to sit at the bar, if you want to sit at one of the tables, whatever you guys want to do as you walk into the gym. And we're still waiting for Clayton who's straggling behind, but the rest of you. I'll sit at a table. Okay. Yeah. And I'm looking around trying to see if there are any other, are there any other tables where any women are seated besides women of the house? Not right now. Do you see some of the women of the house kind of up on the balcony? They're, they're, they're checking some of you out. Some of you look a little bit different than the type of people they're used to in this establishment. Uh, not really used to seeing a man of the cloth walk into a place like this uh, very frequently either. So they're kind of whispering to themselves and they're kind of like looking at the girls, looking at the guys, kind of just like talking to each other. Some of them are giggling. Um, so I'm going to sit uh, at the table, but diagonal from Arabella, like wonderful. kind of the farthest seat that I can, but acknowledging. You give a nod. I have a seat at the table and spit on the floor. Okay. Ladies. Uh, I'll go in and say hello to Mr. Doherty. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I will uh, saddle up to the bar. Okay. He pours you a shot. You drink, Reverend? Uh, uh, early. Uh, yes. I mean, of course. Uh, absolutely. Sun's up, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Uh, it ain't too early for a drink. Very well. Pours you a whiskey, he walks over to the table. Whiskey, friends? Sure, why not? When in Rome? I never let a woman drink alone. He pours you whiskey and he leaves you be. Him and Johnny good, return sir. to the bar. You buy me a drink? Hmm, seems like an appropriate thing to do. One, please. Dan leaves the bottle on the table, heads back to the bar. Him and Johnny go behind there and start sort of whispering to each other. Right about this time I entered the establishment, kind of case everyone's positioning. Is my usual corner table abandoned or at least oh, it's, uh, it's empty? It's empty. It's not a very busy, not a very busy day at the at the gym. I go ahead and take a seat in the back of the wall and just keep an eye on the central space. <clears throat> Johnny looks over at Dan and says, uh, "Do you want to take him a drink? Because that fellow gives me the creeps." Dan says, who the fuck couldn't that be said about? He walks over with a bottle and a shot glass. Whiskey, sir. The usual. Pours you a shot, leaves the bottle, walks back behind the bar. To new friends. Did you say to no friends or to new friends? Because I think both is appropriate. <laughs> Cheers. Arabella, you've been in town for a couple of weeks. You've been in town for a couple of weeks, Miriam. Reverend, you've been in town a little bit. Clayton, you've kind of been in town. Fog, you were new to town. You came in on the stagecoach rather recently. So as you're sitting there drinking your whiskey, you hear from the balcony a door open extremely quickly and a figure comes out to the railing. Those of you that have been in town know that this is the unofficial head cock of this town. <laughs> the owner, pimp, proprietor of the gym saloon, Al Swearingen, and he bustles out of his office into the balcony. He says, Johnny, bring them the fuck up. Bring the whiskey. Johnny runs over, uh, 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 y'all gotta go upstairs right now. Y'all gotta go upstairs. And he, he grabs the whiskey balls for you and the shot glasses. And, um, do you guys wanna make your way upstairs? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So everyone makes their way upstairs to Al's office. 
Johnny and Dan are in tow behind you. You get into the office and Al's sitting behind his desk. He's got papers in front of him, whiskey, his glasses, some different types of important looking documents, some scribbles, some different stuff. It's sort of a mess. He's been sitting there trying to crack something for a while, you get the sense. You guys walk in, there's five seats right in front of Al's desk. And he says, have a seat if you please. You guys want to sit down? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> sure. Swish up and sit right in the center. Perfect. I uh, wait for someone, for one of the gentlemen to pull out a chair. I'll pull that chair out. Thank you. Thank you for the drink. Mm, cheers. As soon as you guys are seated, five shot glasses appear before you. Dan huh. pours five shots. Why the fuck did I pay for that? Another one. Al's kind of looking everybody up and down. This is a motley fucking crew. The fact that all of you would be in the same room at the same time is a little odd, considering the way you all look and the way you all sort of conduct yourselves. Al says, please have a seat. Oh, and um, sorry to hear about your sister. By all accounts, she was, uh, and he looks at Johnny and Dan, and Dan kind of nudges Johnny, and Johnny says, uh, she, she was a lovely bird. And, Dan, uh, Al says, a lovely Yes, and Reverend, we have not had occasion to meet yet. But one of your predecessors, Reverend Smith, was like a brother. Sorry to hear about Cranes, but he made bad waves in this town. I don't get the sense you'll make the same mistake. Your genuine condolences is appreciated. I didn't have occasion to meet your sister either, but she was pretty well known around town, kept to herself, didn't really make a lot of waves. She was smart. And you? Oh, I would like to think that I've learned something from her just a little bit. Runs in the family, which I guess could bring me to the question of what you have interest in us for. You haven't heard? Uh, I certainly haven't. No. Notwithstanding my usual hesitation in working with strangers, find myself in need of some help. My road agents have reported mining on the outskirts of town where it's strictly forbidden. We live by a fucking code. And the only way this thing stays together is if the fucking code is honored. Someone's breaking the fucking code. And to me, it smells like that George Hurst or the motherfucking Pinkertons. And they all need to die. But I want you to ride out, find out what you can. I can't use my normal guys for this. Many of them are dead or their cover's blown. Discretion is important. Each of you, minus you, Mr. Fogg, have been watched closely since you've been in town. And I get the sense you've all kept so discreet this mission won't be too impossible. I offer you 500 gold. 250 now. 250 upon the return of successful information that helps me bring down whoever the fuck is doing this. Dan will get you outfitted with directions. It's about a half a day's ride. I'm sorry, Mr. Swearingen, did you mean 500 gold each? 
or to split between the five of us? 500 gold each. 250 now, 250 upon my discretion of successful information that I can use to take down whoever's doing this. Put that gold to excellent use in the church. <clears throat> Mr. Swangen, forgive my curiosity here, but what would make you think that someone of our delicate sensibilities might be suited to this uh, particular mission of sorts? After all, we have the fairer and weaker sex may need to be outfitted with a different kind of equipment to be considered safe in this particular circumstance. And I just don't know if... Uh, I don't know what makes you think we'd be up to the task. That Derringer attached to your thigh tells me you're up to the task. Oh, you do have a keen eye, don't you? Well, I didn't have you sit down for nothing. Your delicate sensibilities may not be as delicate as you think. I need you because you're strangers. I need you because I don't trust you. I need you because I think every single one of you, including you, Reverend, are fucking killers. I don't mind taking your money, sir. I do mind working with other people that I ain't never met before. Who's vouching for these people? Their actions. Well, can you tell me something I don't know? I'm going out in the dark with four people I ain't never met before. Well, perhaps some uh, introductions. <laughs> By all means. I am the Reverend Matt Matthew. Um, I'm new-ish from Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm very pleased to meet all of you. Uh, be able to help however I can. How'd you get that scar? Or is that too forward? No, not at all. Shaving accident. <laughs> Were it such an innocent tale. I'm afraid I've come from rough cities myself. Rapid City is filled with the forlorn and discouraged from Deadwood. And uh, tales of hope and joy are not always well received in the late hours of the night. So you spend your days going from burnt church to burnt church asking for money? <laughs> doesn't appear that way, doesn't it? <laughs> Seems so. <clears throat> yes, I, I haven't had much luck spreading the good word, but I'm hoping that Deadwood could be a, a new start myself. Hmm. What a good heart you must have. Oh, I, I don't know if it's good, but I, I try to stay in the light. What a good man. I'd ask you to produce one testicle so we could verify its size, but other things need tending to. Church and Deadwood. Yeah. I, I guess I'll go next. Um, um... Arabella Liv um, Arabella Whitlock, recently Mrs. Arabella Whitlock, married to Mr. Eugene Whitlock, and I just came in from Atlanta not that long ago. <laughs> 
Not entirely sure, but Mr. Swearingen thinks he can get out of a woman with my standards and financial background, but I'm assuming that'll reveal itself in time. Oh, I know you don't need the money. No. I know you need something else. Hmm. And what, pray tell, do you assume that I need, Mr. Swearingen? I think you may find it along the way. By the way, your husband's a bit of a fucking dude. A little bit of a recluse, not really seen about town like yourself. I know how to use that to my advantage. Oh, I'm sure you do. Should that fortune ever dry up and you need a place to work, my door is always open. Hmm. What about you, man of so few words? I just tend to only speak when it's necessary. I'm uh, Clayton Sharp, hired security. Whenever the jobs are available, otherwise I'm here drinking. Not much else to me. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Are you um, uh, guarding anyone in particular, Mr. Sharp? Well, based on today and this pay that Mr. Swearinger is putting down in front of me, guarding this possible outside claim. That's about it. So you're not wanting to raise suspicion, but you hired this guy? He knows how to keep quiet. I would definitely rather have you on my side than on the other. My name is Mrs. Miriam Landisman. My husband Harrison and I came out from Chicago. He stayed by Hind in Cheyenne to set up business and sent me on forward to do a little bit of research on Deadwood and the prospects for us here. What type of research? I'm a bit of a scholar myself. Oh, nothing particularly scholarly, I'm afraid. More just finding out what the needs of this particular settlement might be and whether or not we might fulfill them. How wonderful. Uh, what, what type of business are you in? We like to consider ourselves purveyors of goods needed. Whatever you might need to find, we can find it for you. That's good to know. A reputation befitting the task, but also an inconspicuous group, perhaps minus you, Mr. Sharp. Well, sir, to be perfectly honest, I'm a little surprised you brought me in on this particular mission for that reason alone. I prefer to keep to my own, but the pay is good. Ah. Not committing to the fact these are tenderfoots, but in your shadow, it would seem the case. <laughs> Fair enough. Mr. Fogg, was it? You can call me Allie. Allie? My mother named me Aloysius. A sin I hope you've forgiven her for. <laughs> Thank you for having me. What brings you to Deadwood? I'm a interpreter, tracker of things. These days I'm looking not to be found so much. Seemed like a good spot to land. Yet we got word you were imminent. Yes, you did. Your reputation precedes you, Mr. Fogg. Fortunately and unfortunately. Also, people are terrible at minding their own damn business. <laughs> well, now that we've all spent some time getting acquainted, all I'm asking is to investigate the mining site 
report back what you found. If information you provide me allows me to shut down whatever thieving operation they've got on the hill, it protects our fucking interests here. And if any of you plan to stay in the camp, we'll protect your interests. I guarantee you, if someone's breaking the rules for whatever they think is up there, and it ain't gold, these are dangerous people. And this close to town, this type of behavior makes me fucking nervous. Sounds thrilling. Indeed, unless we have other business, best we get to this as soon as possible, right? It would seem so. What time of day is this, Rabbi? It's midday. Now? It's a little after midday. Yeah. And Al looks around to each of you, sensing you're still a little trepidatious. It says, Johnny the Gold! And in front of each of you, Johnny dumps a sack of 250 gold Jesus. on Al's desk, right in front of you. And Al says, verify the contents, or get the fuck out. Grab the gold, finish the shot, without a word, get up and leave. I won't mind verifying, just because I haven't mm-hmm. seen a bag with 250 gold in Is it coins? Nuggets? What is it like? This would be 250 gold in gold. Wow. Yes, mm. weighted in gold. Spendable anywhere, but yeah, it's, it's gold, gold. Lord bless you and keep you. Mm-hmm. Mr. Swearingen, and I'll follow Mr. Clayton out, or Mr. Sharp out. Yep. I'll verify mm-hmm. after seeing that he did. Absolutely. You see what you would assume is 250 gold. It's a heavy fucking bag of gold. Thank you, Mr. Swearingen. I don't mind this heavy load when it's made of such substance. I take a look at my bag. All right, then. Mind topping off a lady for the road? Oh, without a doubt. He <laughs> pours you a double. I take the bag, I do not verify, and I leave. Okay. <laughs> As you all make your way downstairs, back to the floor of the gym saloon, Dan has returned to the bar, and Al yells over the balcony to him, Dan, secure for these individuals whatever means they need to accomplish this. Give them directions out to the site. And he looks at each of you and he says, also, help yourself to any of the ladies on your way out, should you need to. That goes for you too, girls. Let's just say this ain't the type place where that kind of behavior is frowned upon. And he goes back into the office and slams the door. You're now downstairs at the bar where Dan and Johnny are. What an ostentatious man. Indeed. Let me take this opportunity, Miss Arabella, to have a few words with you. I've seen you around town, and I'm sorry that up until this moment I haven't made, made any kind of effort to tell you how sorry I am. How sorry I am about your sister, and also about the womanly state that you find yourself in, having to marry under such circumstances. Well, I'm sure you understand, Miss Miriam, that Being an object for men is nothing that we can be a stranger to. Nothing that we can be a stranger to, but we definitely have our own power. It's just a matter of knowing how to use it. Ain't that the damn truth? It's a shame. I'm sorry about that. Dan, you said there was women available. 
Absolutely. <clears throat> Take your pick. And then he says, girls! Girls come filing out of a couple of the rooms and line up on the balconies. Mm. They're used to this sort of, you know, presentation. Mm. And Dan says, uh, <clears throat> Al said, have your pick. <clears throat> I do love a green dress. The girl in the green dress sort of winks at you and she's kind of looking you up and down and checking you out. <laughs> kind of giving you one of these. <clears throat> she also sees the fucking sack of gold in your hands. It's literally a fucking sack of gold. <laughs> All right, I shouldn't be that long. Go with God. All right. <clears throat> to embracing the situation, you're fucking handed. Amen to that. Amen to that. Have fun, Aloysius. As Fog gets up the stairs <clears throat> and grabs the girl in the green, uh, green dress by the hand and walks into one of the rooms, uh, right before the door closes, two of the other girls scurry into the room with her. Damn! I love this town. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. I, uh, I scooch over to the Reverend. You're trembling, you all right? Yes, uh, <clears throat> I admit. Uh, I, I try to stay clear of such things, but in a town such as this, it is uh, uh, a sight I am becoming more and more used to, I'm afraid. <laughs> I poke my head out the door. <clears throat> Reverend! I got three of them in here. You sure? Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I have my own three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I start humming a church hymn. Yeah. Uh huh. Your strength is impressive, even to me. Suit yourself, Betty. You can sit and watch. <laughs> Clayton. What are you doing, Clayton? Um, I'm gonna get up to the bar and lean towards Dan. And just kind of get his attention. Say, Mrs. Virgin says you keep an eye on me for a while. Is that you? I keep an eye on everybody. Mr. Swearingen wants me to keep an eye on, and I keep an eye on everybody else too. It's good to hear that. I just want to say that uh, if we're looking to build a relationship here between uh, your boss upstairs and people of my skill set, it'd be wise to keep an eye on anyone also asking and snooping around. Oh, people snoop around all the time. I'm sure they do. And if any of that snooping starts snooping in my corner, you just go ahead and let me know. And I toss him five of the gold pieces. He takes it, <clears throat> he looks at it, and tosses it back at you. He says, you ain't caused no trouble here. Ain't heard of no trouble you caused in town. Fellers like yourself, we like to have on our side. Much obliged. Pours you a shot, and then you hear the familiar door open again. Al comes out from the balcony. What the fuck is happening, Dan? I told you to outfit them and send them on their way. He notices that fog is missing. <laughs> he looks at the room down the hall from his office and says, uh, forgive me. <laughs> Take your time. I'll be sequestered, figuring out by what position I'd like to be fucked in the next days. <laughs> he goes back into his office, shuts the door. Y'all yeah. need directions out to the mining site? Yeah, we do. As well as picking up maybe a few supplies necessary for a road trip. This is, uh, looks like most of us here are wandering kind of light. 
You won't want to camp in this area. You'll want to ride out, about half a day's ride, see what you can find, spend your time there, come back. There are rumors, weird shit happening in the hills. Now, I'm not privy to most of this because I don't have the intelligence to maintain this kind of information. But Al tells us what we need to know. We've heard rumors. Is there any specific information beyond the word rumor you'd like to share, maybe? A little bit above my pay grade to share. I'd say you see what you see, you come back and report it. I appreciate you being extremely helpful in this endeavor. So we're <laughs> going to find ourselves out to the thoroughfare, pick up when we need and be on our way. If you need horses, you see Garrett at the livery. If you need guns, you see that motherfucker Tolliver at the Belly Union, if you can find him. Uh, if I might ask, you said a, a half day's ride, but do not camp out there? I wouldn't camp out there. So we will return each night, or are we to keep an eye out with the moon above us? According to Al, it ain't a big sight, but they're digging for something. Shouldn't take you more than probably a couple hours to see what's going on out there and make your way back. Would I happen to know where we're at in the moon cycle? What? Being, um... Yes, you would. Okay. Yes, you would. Is it like full moon, waning moon, no moon? It's it's gonna be close. It's gonna be about three quarters. It's gonna be pretty close. To okay. Moon. Yeah, you would you would definitely know that. We'll have plenty of light to get back back. I certainly wouldn't mind returning to town on upon the evening. I have no interest in spending any more time outside than necessary. Agreed. So uh, I guess while we're waiting on Mr. Fogg to finish his business, we should attend to some of ours. Anything we need? Well, I, I think I saw a, a, a pistol at Mr. Fogg's side. Is that correct? I saw one, too. I, I'm assuming these folks have a tendency towards the dangerous side. You've been dead but long enough. I would have hoped to understand that most everyone here tends towards the dangerous side. If you don't carry a piece on you, Father, we'll go ahead and get you fitted. That, that might be nice. Maybe something where accuracy isn't in play. Uh, uh, perhaps a shotgun? <laughs> Well, with the gold in your hand right there, I think you'd very much procure yourself such a tool. That is true. <laughs> I will buy a shotgun. I'll come with you, because I'm real curious to see you uh, meet Mr. Tolliver. Yes. Do y'all think that a derringer would suffice? Because I happen to have one. That's good to keep at your side. I would say it's more of a surprise maneuver, but where we're going, I don't think the, the delicate exterior and presentation uh, will be as absolutely necessary. If anyone fucking gets in your way, you want a one shot of your disposal or something with some true firepower? Then that's what both of us will have. Mm. Very well. And I think we have ourselves a little group uh, meeting there at the Belly Union. As you guys are talking, Dan says, by the way, I'd keep this business to myself if I were you. Weird shit going on in this town. Lots of secrets. And my usual sources aren't talking. I'd be very careful about who you talk to about this. It was widely assumed. Right. There's no reason that two ladies wouldn't avail themselves of the help of several gentlemen to check on the prospect and possibilities in the area, of course. Well, let's say perhaps there was a mutual friend of ours immediately uh, bereft of his immortal soul, and we require the father here to find a proper place of burial. Even better. Never, yes. And I could even uh, perhaps be trying to secure funds for the rebuilding of the church amongst these mining folks. 
I'll leave the stories up to you. I think that's probably for the best, Father. <clears throat> While they're down here uh, talking shop, uh, uh, please describe what's happening. Please describe what's happening up here. No, no, I was just, uh, I mean, I, I have, uh, uh, you know, three ladies upstairs. So, um, you know, so uh, uh, three pairs of ears and, and three mouths. So, so uh, somebody's, you know, I mean, using them to different degrees of whatever. But so, so uh, maybe, maybe somebody's, uh, you know, very interested in, uh, in, uh, in, in me, where I come from. I'm not gonna say much, but, uh, but maybe they have some things to say to me about their, uh, the proprietor of the uh, establishment oh, yeah. and uh, what he may or may not uh, need. Yes. You know, what, what, what's been making him anxious. You know, mm. clever trousers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talking to one of the girls about it, she she looks at you and she says, "Oh, Al likes you. He heard about you coming to town ahead of time." No, oh, did he, darling? What's your name? My name's Anna. Anna, that's a beautiful name. It's not my real one. Mm. Give me my real one for fifty dollars. Oh my goodness. Well, you know what? I say we build this relationship slowly. <laughs> She looks at you, she likes you. She says, well, it's Annabelle. Mm. I knew an Annabelle back home. Yeah? Absolutely. Was she prettier than me? Not even close. Oh. If and this fuck weren't free, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, well um, does the owner of the, of the place usually not like folk? Is he a hard man to get to know? You seem like you know people very well. I would say he's trusting to a point, mm. but if y'all are here, y'all ain't the usual type people go doing business for him. He must want this very discreet. There's a fucking reverend down there in the bar. Weird shit's happening. I've heard from some of the girls at some of the other places that a lot of mysterious things have been happening around town, but nobody has details. Nobody knows. I, I think Al thinks whatever, wherever he's sending y'all is connected to it. That's just our gossip. Well, that's good to know. <clears throat> I don't know, it seems like she doesn't have much more information. But none of the bottle of whiskey couldn't fix. Mm -hmm. So I opened up the door. Dan, why don't you send up a bottle of whiskey? I'm not gonna drink it so much. I like to watch. Okay. Dan looks over at Johnny and goes, Johnny grabs a ball of whiskey, starts running up the stairs, trips, breaks it. Oh, fuck! <laughs> runs back down, Dan puts another fucking ball of whiskey on the bar. Johnny runs upstairs and he, he hands it to you. Seems, they both seem pretty eager to give you guys whatever you, whatever you really want or need that they can provide. Awesome. I think he's gonna be a little bit more than just a few minutes. Let's go ahead and visit the Bell Union and get stuff taken care of. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Fogg? Mm-hmm. Well, meet us at the Bell Union? Mm-hmm. All right, I think you got our message. Discretion, wasn't that highly advised? It was. Okay. Seems he was temporarily muffled. <laughs> Make her way to the Bell Union. <laughs> right before you guys leave, Dan slides over a piece of paper to you with a shoddy drawn map of how to get up out of town over to where the mining site is. Okay. As relayed to them by Al's road agents. So, four of you. Mm-hmm. 
make your way back out into the muddy and noisy thoroughfare and make your way down the street to the Bell Union Saloon. As we're walking, I'm going to talk with the Reverend. Correspondence that I received before I left Atlanta said that you were the one doing the burial at my sister's funeral, doing the sermon. I was. Well, I, I guess I just wanted to extend a thank you personally. My condolences. I, I wish I had known her better. I had only been in town a short while. It was a, a lovely service. Um, quite a few folks showed up. And with the frequency of those services, I can tell you that was a rare sight, even in the small amount of time I've been here. Oh. She had a way with people, that's for sure. Thank you, nonetheless. I quickened my step to catch up with the two of them. Uh, do either of you know anything more about this Clayton fellow? Mr. Sharp? curious. He bothers me. He intrigues me. Mm. Don't be scared, darling. Mm. Best to have faith. He, he may show himself to be quite the asset in our little adventure. <laughs> sure. I assume that Mr. Sharp has been leading the way to the Bella Union. Have you, Mr. Shaw? I've been leading mm -hmm. it, but I've been not beelining. I've been strolling and mm -hmm. keeping a close watch along the thoroughfare as we progress and then make it to the front door. I kind of hold it open. Anyone in particular watching us come out of the gem saloon and head towards the Bella Union? Make a notice check for me. Mm -hmm. Let's get this warmed up, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Did you de-glove to roll? Well, yeah, I can't like break the connection. <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? Oh, no. Double ones? Oh no. <laughs> what happens if that happens? You'll find out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> because we had the first roll of the game, <gasps> these are poker chips. These will serve as fake chips for you. At the top of your character sheet, you'll see what purpose they have. <clears throat> I want you each to blindly draw three chips from the bag. Double ones! They can be used to re-roll, they can be used... One each? Three each. Three. Should you get stumped, should you need a hint or some insight or some general information, or if you just need a refill, you can take your chip to the bartender. And the bartender Maybe he'll tell you what you need to know. Maybe he'll tell you what you want to know. This is great. We're done. All right. Fog, so I'm aware. Are you, uh, you gonna plow through all these chicks? <laughs> Actually, um, I was just thinking that, uh, that uh, uh, as, I, as I hear them leave on the outside, uh, I take a look out the window and watch them walk across to the other place and just uh, just notice the the goings on. Okay. As the four of you file into the Bella Union Saloon, it's pretty bustling. It's a busy day. There's people playing craps. There's people playing poker. There's people drinking. There's people flirting with the girls. The girls are flirting back. You notice that the place is a little run down. 
There's only a few employees, but lots of customers. As you walk in, the bartender's sort of polishing the glass and he's kind of checking you out up and down. It's possible he's seen some of you before. Obviously, Fog's not there. It's possible he's seen some of you before. He looks, he has a look of recognition definitely at, at Arabella and maybe a little bit at you, Miriam. Everyone pretty much knows you, Reverend, or knows that you're in town. Then he looks Clayton up and down. What do you guys do? Oh, go up to the bartender. Yeah. Bartender looks at you and goes, yeah. I kind of loop arms with, with Miriam. You here to work or you here to play? We're here to drink. Oh. I'd say that constitutes us both, wouldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> you got the coin? I do. He pours uh, two whiskeys. As that's happening, I look at Clayton and I hope that he understands that what I'm saying is go ahead and take care of outfitting us if you can while we distract his man. Okay. Now, is there a particular preference that we may have discussed of what you're looking to outfit yourselves with, or am I just taking a smorgasbord stab at this? I'm Low trusting revolver. in your expertise. Yeah, you're the gun guy. All right, you know what you want, Reverend. Yeah, Reverend? yeah. I'd tell the Reverend maybe best to, best to not conspicuously involve yourself in the purchasing of such fine irons, as that is a very suspicious scenario. Mm. Yeah. Of course. Uh, you have my funds. Uh, I, I would be happy to compensate you for whatever the cost for my protection might be. Wonderful. Go ahead and pray for the immortal souls of all these poor sons of bitches here losing the rest of their life savings. <clears throat> and then go ahead and... Uh, now I've, I don't have much experience. I've avoided the Belly Union for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, this doesn't smell right to me. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking for this Mr. Tolliver, mm-hmm. which I have heard a little bit about. Are you asking the bartender for Mr. Tolliver? Yeah, I kind of saddle up, trying to pass along the idea that I'm not directly relating mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. and just say like, mm-hmm. "Can I get you, fellow?" Uh, I'm looking to buy some equipment, outfit some firearms. Just told this to be a place to come. I told you that. Got friends in camp. You got friends in camp. Friends with a high emphasis on parenthetical, not really friends. I got friends in camp. (laughs) You came here to buy guns from Mr. Tolliver. To what purpose? Does it fucking matter? It does to us. Take over our fucking joint. Do you think one man could possibly step in here and take over the Bell Union with a couple of guns he buys from it. Would that be a smart thing to do? I hear this conversation and I roll my eyes and I turn around and I say, excuse me, darling. Yes. Can I count on your discretion? Do you have the coin? Yes. Sure. You know that I recently came from out of town to do a little bit of prospecting. Mm. We've had this conversation before. Yes, 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 I recall you. Well, this lovely gentleman has agreed to help protect me as I go. Oh. Now, you wouldn't want something awful to happen to me while I was out with my delicate sensibilities, would you? Looks at the rest of you and says, 
definitely don't want anything happening to you. Of course. So would you do me a favor and connect this gentleman with Mr. Tolliver right quick before any other eyes see the actions that are happening here? He looks at you just enraptured and says, I'll be right back. Thank you, darling. And he nudges the other bartender to sort of take over. Bartender slides right into his spot. I loop my arm right back into Arabella's and I say, power, power. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the bartender goes upstairs and disappears from view into one of the rooms for a few moments. Fog, how you doing? I'm good. I, uh... <laughs> He's hydrated. a real good. You staying hydrated? Yeah, yeah, I'm staying hydrated. You know, I'm good, I'm good. So I've, uh, I feel like, uh, even after, I guess, lubricating the... Oh, Lord, this is... <laughs> Please continue. Yes, continue. Yes, please. So, so uh, you know, you know, three ladies uh, with, uh, with with drinks. Uh, I guess I haven't uh, I haven't uh, uh, procured any more pertinent information, or have I? Not She's really. told you pretty much all she seems to know. Oh, it's a small joint. They, they talk, they gossip, but they, they these the girls that work at the gym saloon almost never leave the gym saloon. Right. So right. they overhear things, but Al is pretty discreet. But he does have the tendency to give some of his favorite girls a little bit more information. Mm. But you get the sense from Annabelle. She's told you about all she knows. Right. All right. Well, I guess uh, I get uh, reacquainted with my clothing <laughs> and, um, and uh, uh, head, down, head downstairs. Uh, what's the bill? Do it's I on the say, house. It's on the house. Yeah, I'll say it was on the house. And I love this town. So... Um, I think I'm going to uh, set up shop on the uh, on the porch outside the uh, the gym saloon rather than uh, than than walk to meet them. Yeah, when to... you walk out, uh, Dan says your friends went to the Bella Union pick up weapons. Much obliged. Um, maybe I should uh, just make sure that everything's uh, cool as far as outside of the uh, Bella Union, and then uh, perhaps make my way to uh, to the livery. Absolutely, livery is going to be sort of on this end of town. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if they're if they're taking care of that business, uh, you know, maybe I can take care of uh, take care of the horses, and uh, and we can uh, be on our way. Seeing as I may have put us behind the eight ball, as it were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, right on time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as we're waiting for any sort of confirmation of Mr. Tolliver at all, I'm just going to take a very, very keen sweep of the chamber to make sure no one's eyeing us for any sort of untoward interest. Okay. As you guys are standing at the bar waiting for the bartender to come back or to fetch Mr. Tolliver, make a notice check for me. Mm. That would be a four. Success, I believe. It's a baseline, at least. You see two individuals who walked into the bar a couple of moments after you guys did and just immediately went and sat down at one of the corner tables and they're both looking at the reverend. And no one else. Oh, mm. shit. They're not looking at him with necessarily any sort of hostility, but they're just kind of looking at him. All right, just keep an eye on them and just kind of carefully keep my coat open. Okay. Not an uncommon thing in this town. <clears throat> Doesn't really draw any attention. Everybody at a moment's notice is ready for anything, basically, in this place. As you guys are standing there at the bar, you see a door upstairs open, 
and out of it comes the bartender and he rushes down and he says, uh, <clears throat> come with me, come with me. He <clears throat> takes you back to Cy Tolliver's office. Now, all four of us coming for this one. No. If no. you want to. If you want to go on behalf of everybody, you absolutely can. I could, I could join you. Can you oh, that join? feels very suspicious. I think uh, the red is going back to talk to you. I have seen by a Since you're closest to me, I'd probably give you a look and say, keep an eye on the reverend. I point out the table towards her, the two gentlemen. So I'll be back. I just keep leisurely walking around the table. Peace the Lord be with you. That was your morning. Blessed. Amazing. So you're going in alone? Or you're going in too? I'll stay down. You're gonna stay, go you're gonna go alone. in alone? Okay, so he, the bartender leads you into Cy Tolliver's office. And, uh, go ahead. As that is happening, uh, I, I, and I see the Reverend awkwardly walking around trying to get some kind of positive yeah, reinforcement well. from people. I, I put my hand on Arabella and I step away and I walk up to the Reverend. And I link my arm in his and I say, Reverend, would you please come talk to me? Because I have a I have a deep weight on my soul. Would you please come over here to the bar and help me understand what I might do to alleviate some of this concern that I have? And as I say that, I'm looking directly at those gentlemen and I bring him over with me. Of okay. course, my child. <laughs> <laughs> as you do that, the gentlemen notice you looking and scurrying away the Reverend and they both get up and walk out of the bar. Hmm. Yes, well, what can I, uh, what can I help you with? You can stay close, Reverend, and try not to incur any more people's wrath in this town. I'm afraid you may not realize that while God is welcome in your heart, he's not necessarily welcome in all of the hearts of the parties here in Deadwood. Yes, I, I, I don't want to be an impediment to our... Not an impediment. Your good heart shines through. I just want you to be safe so your good heart keeps beating. Yes, keep the heart beating. <clears throat> Thank you mm. for keeping an eye out. So now just, <laughs> just try to continue keeping him in conversation while also keeping my eyes open, but just keep him in very light, Leisurely conversation. And now I'm very nervous. Mm. That's why I'm trying to... <laughs> Understandable. Easy, mm -hmm. easy. It's okay. You're pretty. <laughs> what are you doing, Arabella? I'm going to remain at the bar. Okay. Wait for the bartender to come back. Mm -hmm. And then chat him up when he returns. Okay. So, the bartender, Tim, has led you into Cy Tolliver's office and said, Wait here. He'll probably send you to me when he's done, but wait here. Uh, inside the chamber, how's it arranged? The place is a mess. <clears throat> There's a desk, a chair, no chair for you to sit in, papers, nothing's clean, dust, probably half an inch of dust on everything. It looks like no one's even using this office. The door creaks open, and in a red robe, very disheveled, like he had just been woken up for this, walks in Cy Tolliver. And he walks around. Gives you a look up and down, sits at his desk. What can I do for you? Thank you for making the time, Mr. Tolliver. I mean, not to take too much of your uh, daily rest from you, but I have been hired to keep safe some relatively interested parties for a venture beyond the city and would like to um, 
procure some armaments to keep us all safe for our journey. I was told that you would be the uh, individual to talk to should we be willing to pay some fine yellow gold. And who told you this? Well, you're a man about town. People know about your name. You don't think that people will want to send more opportunity and business your way? Only a handful of people in this town know I sell guns. Yeah? Who told you? Kind of glance over towards the doorway. I can guarantee you, sir, it's not somebody with interests against yours. And I like to keep my friends, as I'm sure you do as well, under privileged information. And I kind of give him a real intense eye of don't push it. He seems to sort of not warm up, but loosen up a little bit post you giving him that eye. It's a language he, he also speaks. He says to you, these people you're supposed to protect. What are you protecting them from? Who knows? You know there's many different dangers that make their way out in these mountains and, uh, well, best to be ready than not. Also, I've been hearing some weird shits happen around these places too. I ain't gonna leave anything to chance. Everyone's hearing weird shits happening. Mm-hmm. Kind of thinks to himself for a second, he says, Go see Tim. You got the gold. Produce it. I go and reach and just take a little handful. He says, you go tell Tim to come see me and you wait at the bar. I'll get you taken care of. Much obliged. Mm. Tim my hat once more and then make my way down to the bar. He stays seated. You walk out to the bar, do you tell Tim I Tolliver would like to see him? Mm-hmm. Tim rushes into the room, comes back out, says, follow me. Takes you around the bar, out to a back room, inside of it, fuck ton of weapons. <laughs> he says, uh, you got money to pay for all this? <laughs> I do, sir, don't you worry yourself about that. And I also kind of give a, once again, not showing the volume, but just a handful of gold at the ready. Okay. It's time to purchase some fucking guns. Yeah. Okay, we get some guns. So, Clayton, mm-hmm. you are in the weapons cache hidden behind the bar of the Bell Union with Tim. You have secured weapons for the protection needed for the people that you are going to be protecting. Indeed, quite a cash. You pay Tim, he hands you a large bag full of these weapons. Says, shapes notwithstanding, most people are gonna know what this is. I'd not brandish many of these higher powered weapons out in the street if I were you. No intent to, sir, appreciate your concern. Some of these dummies take that kind of thing as a challenge. Understood, yeah, like a like a fucking rug or something I could buy as well. What color you like? Blue. Stand by one second. He opens the door. He says, Larry! This other bartender comes around. He's this really nervous looking dude. He says, we got a blue rug back there. I'm colorblind. 
<laughs> Larry's like, hold on a sec, you know. Comes back in with this rug, and it's kind of smells like whiskey and dirt, Perfect. and uh, got a few sets of footprints in it. Probably was the rug they were standing on behind the bar. Right, understood. And he rolls it up and uh, he hands it to you. And Tim says, um, "Ah, fuck it. I'd give you a dollar to get rid of that goddamn thing." So he just hands it to you. I kind of wrap it over my arm in the bag, so it kind of obfuscates mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it does that quite well. It's not super heavy. You exit the room, mm-hmm. head back out to the bar where your friends are still there. I'll wait. I won't leave until I see him leave, and then I'll follow a few paces back. I'll stick with with Miriam. So you're going to walk out the front, mm-hmm. a few paces back, the two of you. Um, Reverend, I'm going to suggest that you leave the bar ahead of us ladies, and the two of us hang behind you to keep any unsavories away from you. Ah, clandestine activities. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> I'll be leaving now. (laughs) Peace of the Lord be with you. As you exit the Bella Union Saloon, standing in the uh, thoroughfare, are the two men who were looking at you in the Bella Union. And one of them kind of nods at the other, and the other says, Ha! New reverend's a fucking drunk. Two saloons back to back, huh? Were you nervous about that sermon you delivered? We, we are hot on his heels. Okay. And I step forward and quite loudly say, Thank you again, Reverend. Your conversation has strengthened my soul. I will indeed spend less time in these establishments after, after your kind concern. Thank you for coming to speak to me in both places. Gentlemen. My pleasure, ma'am. The two men kind of look at each other. The Reverend up and down start walking away. They've said their piece. Fuck. From down the road. You are down here. I my uh, my revolving rifle Mm -hmm. after seeing the men walk away. And then his other revolving Uh rifle. Yes. (laughs) Um, As you all make your way out of the Bella Union and sort of... fire a four, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys make your way out of the Bella Union to the to the right side of the thoroughfare, and at the end of the street, you can see your friend Fogg, who has a sort of aura about him that he's recently experienced some sort of relief. If I had longer hair, I'd shake it. <laughs> <laughs> he's standing there with uh, Garrett, who runs the livery. Garrett's a young fellow. He's pretty dirty. He's scrawny. He's a little nervous. Um, it's just kind of his personality. But you pay for the uh, you pay for the five horses to uh, borrow them for the day, and uh, you guys walk out and you see Fog there standing with five horses. <clears throat> la Napoleon Dynamite. I saw these sweet horses. <laughs> <laughs> now it's getting a little late in the day, by the way. So if you want to make it up before nightfall, I would say you guys would want to start riding out of town. Uh, whoever one of you, I think it was you, has the map. That do Dan we want to go at nightfall, or do we want to go when the light is out? Yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, if so you're investigating something, certainly want to have the sun. It might be better to have some light more yeah, than just sort like of the moon. It feels like if it's already late in the day, at how close are we to sundown? You're not. It's not, It's about two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Right now. okay. It's going to take you about probably three hours to get there. So there'll still be about an hour left of sunlight by the time you guys right. get there. So we have time to probably investigate for a bit and, an then, come, maybe. and then come back right. from that point. Yep. All right. It's probably and better if time to be quarters, uh, of uh, the moon was full, yeah? Yes. 
has been re- has has been recently. Clear night. We don't know yet. Or is it a, How, cloudy, is it a clear day? day? It's a clear. It's a clear fall day. Fall day. Okay. Mm. Also, oh, the sun's going down a little bit earlier. Actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, torches be in order. To, to yes. Yeah, that's no, a so good so call. Or a lantern. Or yeah, yes. Oh, I have a lantern. Back at the church for just such an occasion. All right. You guys are actually going to be riding out of town this way. The church would be on your way out if you did want to stop and grab a lantern. I would say if that's the only one you want to grab, fine. There's also fucking lanterns hanging around town. That's what I was going to say. Oh. Can, can I just, just grab stuff? Can I just like, grab one? Yeah. You can do a stealth check for mm. me, please. Mm. Okay. So, Some of the wooden posts in town will have two or three oil lanterns. Yeah, just as them. I'm walking mm. by one, I'm just going to mm-hmm. and keep going. Yeah, it's a four. Oh, yeah. That's a success. Success, yeah. You grab the lantern, and uh, one of the hoople heads uh, nearby kind of nudges his friend. And he says, uh, hey, that new hot lady just stole one of those things. And the other guy says, I know she's even hotter now. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you keep your eyes and your comments to yourself. Your words can carry on the wind as long as your breath can as well. They both sort of just, like, shudder and go back down to themselves. They're not really, <laughs> there's not a lot of yeah. people in Deadwood that look like you or that it's sort just of have the air myself, of Because I like you more and more by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Whitlock, um, we'll be returning those, yeah? Returning the lanterns once we're done with them? Sure, Reverend. Yeah. Do we have time to, like, do I have time to run up to my room at the hotel? What would you like to get? I, I, I'm just going to grab a lamp from the room. And uh, my uh, small snuff box. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You grab that stuff. Anybody else need to hit anything before you go out of town? I will. Because they're passing through. I will purchase legally an oil lantern from the <laughs> equipment store. Okay. You can get that at the Bullock Hotel and Hardware Store. Right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Get those purchased. And while, while they're finishing up their purchases, I'm going to go ahead and take some rope that I also purchased from it and affix the rolled up carpet okay. to the back of the horse. Fantastic. Not distributing until we are out of town. Fantastic. Great idea. Are we are we popping by the church? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm grabbing my lantern, uh, my 50 feet of rope as well, some matches, some extra lantern oil, you know, just make sure we have <laughs> whatever we need. Well, he's gathering stuff at the church. Can I investigate and see if I can figure out where this fire started? Yeah, you want to like walk around the outside and you're kind of yeah, surveying the thing. Check it out. Yeah, go ahead and give me an investigation check. Okay. Where in town would the uh, cemetery be? The cemetery is going to be up one of the foothills, just about I would say like a ten minute walk uh, from the church up about this area. I would say if this is north, it'd be about northwest up in the foothills. Seven. Seven. Mm. Yeah. You can tell that this was intentionally burned and that it started inside the church on the right side it's exposed you can see that there's a center part of the church that is extremely black almost like there was an explosion and then a fire there's sort of like a medium-sized hole in the uh in the center of what would technically be the sanctuary of the of the church Mm. reverend they try to convince you that this was an accident Oh, no, that was not my understanding at all. Um, uh, as they like to say it, celebrations go awry very often in Deadwood. It seems like it was just one wild night. With the Reverend inside it, made it out, of course, but 
I didn't want to stay too long after that. Whatever is used to start this seems more than just a tipped over candle or a broken lantern. Took a decent amount of power to burn this in this way. How do you know that? Well, I mean, look at it. You can tell the blast radius, and also I'm a little bit fascinated with chemistry and alchemy and the sciences of the world. That's amazing. You are truly gifted, blessed by God. Oh, I'm blessed with money, and money can pay for a lot of things, including an education. Anyway, let's go. You guys have your lanterns. You have your soiled blue rug attached to the back of a healthy horse. You each mount up on the horses right out of town. I never yeah. go inside the, uh, the church. You don't? No. I understand. Do I, do we notice huh. fog, like keeping I would a say, wide, wide berth? I or? would say you were preoccupied with the church. Okay. He's kind of seeing to the horses and helping people right. get, okay. um, so helping people get on okay. the horse. You, you're an experienced, uh, you've ridden a horse before, right? Once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> So you're helping everybody get get situated. I would say uh, you wouldn't pay much attention to the fact you didn't go in. Okay. In a place like this, it's not unusual for people to not want to go into a church. It's more unusual if they walk into one. So, as you ride up the foothills outside town, making your way through the Black Hills, you arrive at a narrow canyon. I will say, before we get too far out of town, uh-huh. I do want to kind of wave everyone to stop for a moment, dismount, and I'm going to distribute the equipment that was purchased. I would okay, like to so do that before we get too far yeah. into the wild. So once you Take guys the weapons out of the fucking well rug. Mm-hmm. Once you guys clear the graveyard. This fucking rug, the emphasis is important. Oh, sorry. <laughs> once you guys clear, I would say, the graveyard to the northwest of town, you crest over that hill, start heading into the Black Hills. Nobody from the town would be able to see you up there. I think that would be a great spot to do it. Great. Pull off the side there, get off the horse, unravel the rug, and pass out. Uh, say a bowie knife to you. You seem to have already your firearm situated for you. For you, I'm going to go ahead and give you the uh, Winchester 76, uh, 45 caliber rifle. Uh, you used to join something kind of handy, just give you a Colt Army. It's my, my personal preference there. Take that and keep that at your side. Uh, these come with gun belts as well, for at least for you. You just gotta strap over the shoulder. Although you could, mm, would you want a rifle boot? I would say. Is that a? Would that be practical with my outerwear? Nope. Here's a rifle. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said you wanted something a little more close range and keeping it easy. Um, why don't you, Reverend, take yourself a uh, double barrel shotgun? Excellent. Yeah, I, uh, I take a moment to Shall instruct him how to not shoot his own fucking I head understand. off. I understand, yes. Uh, when he's done with the rifle, I also toss him a leather coat and be like, don't want to get your cloth too dusty. This is very nice. Heavy. Heavily yeah. made. How do I look? Anyway, everyone, just get yourself together now that we had our Equipment distributed. Let's make the rest of our way towards a narrow pass. As you guys <laughs> are now armed up on your horses, make your way through the Black Hills and you arrive at a narrow canyon. It's wide enough for probably like 
for your five horses and probably two or three more if you guys were all riding side by side, but not that much more wide. It's pretty narrow. As you guys start to sort of trot your way through the canyon, the ground begins to shake strong enough for you to feel it on horseback. And you see the mountains to the side of you, small and large and medium-sized rocks are starting to fall down into the canyon. As you pick up your pace a little bit, the shaking gets stronger and you start to hear this sort of thundering sound. And from around the side of the crest comes a stampede of horses. And they are on your ass. I need you all to roll riding. Oh, oh shit, a riding check? Oh god. Okay. If you're unskilled and you do not have a point in riding at all, it's unskilled. You're gonna take away two. I rolled a six! Roll it again. And I explode. Roll it again. Okay. Oh yeah. I rolled a five. One. Great. So seven. seven five total. Oh yeah, because you're minus. Yes. Um huh. if, if I rolled a four on a four, does it explode? Do I go again? A four on a D4, yes. yes. Another two. Six. Six. Fantastic. Reverend? Three. Three. Fantastic. Clayton. I'm very experienced riding. I've been horseback most of my life, mm-hmm. especially as a Texan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rolled a two. Fantastic. <laughs> Fog, where are you? Uh, let's see, I rolled a five and a four. Fantastic. I rolled a four on a D4. Go ahead and re-roll it. Yeah. Two. Fantastic. So, the horses swarm up behind you and start rushing through you. They are, they are going way faster than you, and these are much faster horses. They also don't have large people with large weapons, Bog. The three of you sort of group together in the center and are riding in tandem, going through, trying to match whatever you can the pace of the horses. The other two of you have been left on the flanks. And as you guys get about halfway through the canyon, one of the horses just turns as hard as he can and sort of pit maneuvers your horse, Clayton, and you fall off it and hit the side of the (laughs) Moments later, the Reverend sees this, and he turns around and tries to yell something out at you, and two horses slam into the back of his horse at the same time. You go flying off and somersault up far enough, close enough to the side of the mountain to where you're not getting trampled, but you two need to get up, and you need to start running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the three make of that you eye contact immediately. So we can't. We're, the three we're, of you have no ahead. choice. You are in the flow of traffic at this point, oh, but you're still on your horses. Both of you, your horses are dead. Oh, oh, oh. shit! Oh, nope. buddy. Oh, you each suffer one wound. Oh man. Okay. Now, the wounds work in a weird way for our game. Is that right? Uh, bartender. If you have a wound, and if you don't get to it in a couple of hours, it could turn into an injury at some point. Now you have natural healing in order to take care of yourself as things go by. But walking around with a wound, well, it sucks. <laughs> if you suffer a wound, you take a shot. If you take three shots, you're incapacitated. So you two can mark on your sheet that you've suffered a wound, Take your shot. <clears throat> One shot, two shot, three shot. I'm gonna Lord. keep that on the side and throw in a Benny. I ain't gonna take a wound from no goddamn fucking horse. I am, that shit hurt. 
<laughs> so make a vigor roll. So look at your vigor there. Vigor roll, got Make it. a vigor roll. Ooh, your vigor is good though. Seven. Fantastic. Your uh, one wound is removed. <laughs> the bartender now gets to take that. Ah. It is. Hey, bartender. Shit. Oh, Reverend we're friends. Mason, are you? I'm hurt. You're hurt? Okay. I want to get to safety first, though, before I try to. I mean, is the fucking stampede still a thundering and back? The stampede, by this point, has passed the two of you. They're still caught up in it. If you guys want to try and run, it's only about. I would say 50 more yards to the end of the to the end of the canyon, and you you guys can see from your vantage point, and you guys can too. As you reach the end of the canyon and the narrowness is gone, the horses just sort of take off and continue their way across the black hills. I'll see the Reverend struggling a bit. I'll go over and grab his arm and kind of help him along, and okay. we'll both kind of run in tandem. Thank you, okay. my son. Do you guys want to sort of pull over and wait yeah, for them? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, absolutely. In fact, I I uh, if it's safe enough to double back. I'd like to, once the horses pass, I'd like to ride back and double back. Mm. You absolutely can. There's going to be a lot of dust and dirt and some rocks you'll have to watch out for, but you can you can make your way back. Yeah, I'm not going to go nuts on it. I'm just yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. to them sure. so they don't have to mm-hmm. run as far. <sighs> Reverend, are you, uh, I don't need to ask. You are hurt. Yeah, that hurt. That hurt pretty good. Can we put him on my horse? Did it hurt more to ride or, or to walk is the question. I think, in the interest of time, we have to push through. We we'll have to ride. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, let's go ahead and get him on your horse. Then you said, yeah, "Go ahead and help the Reverend back to riding tandem." Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now you're a big man. Hold on, but not too tight. If you fall off, I don't want you taking me with you. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and you're on foot, Clayton. Oh, if we're if we're having oh, no. a uh, we're yeah, Clayton, you can you can hop on my horse. Just, um, can we, oh, where's that rug? I, 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 t- oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I should probably put it between us. I don't want my husband finding out about this. The rug's long gone. Oh, I got a coat, you're fine. Looking at how she, she's riding the horse, is she an accomplished rider? Does she seem to have a fair amount of control? In the Arabella? Way? Yeah. Are you an accomplished rider? I'm good at riding side saddle. Mm. <laughs> and taking oh, very a- fancy pictures. Why don't you go ahead and get behind me, and I'll go ahead and take this horse instead. No. Can offense. I can I still ride side saddle, or do I need to um, straddle one leg around your Miss body? Miss Whitlock, the choice is yours. I don't really, honestly, give a shit. So be it, it's your tailbone. Mm-hmm. God damn, this is painful to watch. <laughs> can we also collect the, the rope and lantern and yeah, supplies that were on my dead horse fell? and put it on hers? You can. Okay, One of so the lanterns is broken. Shit. But could still be functional if you want to take it with you. Yeah, I'll take it. Let's do it. Your rope is fine. Mm-hmm. Your horse is not. Yep. You're all together now. It's two of you are doubled up. Two of you are doubled up. Fog for the first time today is not doubled up. Ooh. We needed to give him a little bit of a break. Yeah, he might be. Uh, he may be riding, uh-huh. but he make, it isn't comfortable. Yeah, I'm no. sure at the moment. Need some of that chafing space. Yes, exactly. exactly. He could be walking even funnier tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> as you guys crest the final hill on your way to the mining area, you were sent to investigate. You notice a smokestack 
coming about 100 yards away from where you are. As you cautiously ride toward it, you begin to smell what seems like the source of the smoke. It's not wood burning, it's something else. Something that smells old, rotten, almost like a darkness caught fire. Once you reach the clearing, you see smoke coming from a large pit in the ground. Surrounding the pit lay several bodies. From this distance, can I peer and see in details as to the body's current uh, status? How close do you guys want to be to the pit and to the smoke? I want to keep as much distance as possible before I can assess if these are recently deceased or not. Give me an investigation check, please. Investigation check. I take my handkerchief and I cover it on my face. Okay. Kind of blocking the smoke. Wonderful. That's a... 11. Ooh. Minus two, technically. These are human corpses. They're fucking dead. Smoke is coming from the middle of the pit. From the distance that you can see, the pit looks to be definitely deeper than about five feet from where you can see into it and then it and then you can't see anymore but you see the corpses laid around and you smell you smell rotting flesh you smell burning rotting flesh you can also see there is no one else and nothing else out here at this scene it's you guys these dead bodies this pit and the smoke coming from Checking the map we got from Dan, does it look like this is nearing or close to the vicinity of this where we're supposed is to be heading? Based on the, the shitty trees <laughs> that he drew that were marking sort of this clearing, mm-hmm. this is the only clearing anywhere near where Dan had drawn. This, this, this must be it. Well, it looks like we found a quarry, apparently. Does the earth look like it's been disturbed, burned, singed, exploded? Go ahead and make an investigation check for God, fuck. Three. Three. You can tell the ground has been disturbed by someone making a large pit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Have the bodies been burned, or is it just the earth? That's what I'm trying to figure out from this distance. We have to get a bit closer to really figure that out. Much. I'll uh, I'll hop off the horse and start walking closer. Do the same. Don't want to be anywhere in, in a possible space where the horse gets spooked and we're on the back of it. Do you guys like to tie up your horses or yes. do you want to leave them? Yeah, okay. Let's hitch them. Is there somewhere to hitch them nearby? You can hitch them to many, many different trees that are around. Perfect. Yeah. Would it be a good idea for some of us to, to walk down and investigate? Um, I've, got a, I've got a long rifle to... Uh, to watch. To, to watch over. It's up to you, guys. It's up to you. Yeah. I'll watch over as well. Okay. I'll go down. I'm I'll go fine. down the fire. Mm. You I'll two stay back. The three of you are going to go down. All right. Take it easy, River. Mm-hmm. Uh, Be gentle. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Someone make sure he doesn't shoot his own face off. I swear off. to God. <laughs> Go ahead and make an investigation check for me, since the two of you already did. And you're, since you're going to walk up there. Just keep my coat open on both sides. Oh shit! Across the board, four. Oh, I still succeeded, but four. Okay, that's great. Okay. You notice surveying equipment on the ground. Okay. Mining equipment, surveying equipment. Uh, some of it's been burned. A lot of it's just busted up. Some of it's still intact. It's sort of strewn around the area amidst the corpses. 
And does it look like the corpses came from the center of this hole, or does can we see drag marks, like there were bodies being tossed in? Okay. You don't see any drag marks, okay. but all the bodies are sort of on the outside of the pit that you can see. There's probably, I would say, seven or eight bodies outside the pit, just kind of strewn in various different areas and the mining equipment and stuff like that behind them. As you get closer, because of your super high investigation check, you look down on the ground next to one of the bodies and you pick up a letter. And you open the letter and it's written in Gaelic. Oh, shit. Which probably tells you that these miners were Irishmen. Irishmen. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to approach the pit? See what's inside of it? Do you want to search the bodies? What I would, would like to, to search the bodies and inspect the means of actual uh, death. There you go. Okay. And I'll inspect the pit to see if I can ascertain the cause of the fire. As you walk up to the pit first, and bring my mouth, and you look down over the side, the smoke has sort of started to subside a little bit, and you're able to see a few dozen more corpses inside the pit, along with thousands and thousands of snake-like bodies. But they don't like any look like any snakes you've ever seen, and they're all dead. Did you say thousands? Thousands. This pit is filled with burnt, snake-looking creatures and bones and bodies of Irish miners. I panic and run back to the Reverend and Mr. Sharp. It's a a nightmare. What what, what do you mean? What did you see? Whatever, whatever demonic entity or being or whatever has caused this, it's some sort of, it's like a, like a scene from hell. Snakes? Thousands of snakes? What are you talking about? Go see for yourself. We'll go make our way over. Go ahead and draw one of my colt armies and carefully approach the edge of the pit. Mm -hmm. And from afar, we can see her run back to them, right? You can. You can't hear what she's saying to them, but you can... I say, Ali, I think we better be exceptionally at the ready. Yeah, you can see that she's appeared distressed uh, from what you could tell from her body language because her face was covered. But yeah, she, you, you could see that definitely so something I, was up. I'm drawn. Sure. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. 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 I've, I've been I've been drawn, but, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely the more aware. Alert, yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely okay. more aware of the surroundings. Have there been any cues as to what killed the people that are on the outside of the pit? So if you want to get close enough and start like l- like looking at one of the bodies, mm-hmm. um, you can do that. Make me a notice check if you can, please. Can. Ooh, yeah, do that again. Ten. Okay. You can tell that this person has, this corpse in particular that you are examining has been dead probably only in the last few hours. But you can see that his mouth is wide open and you see a bunch of tearing and bleeding inside of his mouth. Some of his teeth are missing, it looks like rather recently. And all you can tell is that the inside of his mouth looks like it's been mutilated. Oh. And most of his tongue is missing and, and, and some of his teeth. There's blood coming out of his eye sockets. There's blood coming out of his ears. All right, I turn back as I'm kind of approaching the pit and after I'm through the body. Well, whatever caused this, and I say it with a little bit of volume so maybe they can catch it as well. Whatever caused this seems to have been relatively recent, probably within hours and 
or reverend, but whatever holiness holds you, something mighty foul has taken the inside of this poor fucker's mouth. Mr. Sharp, don't turn your back on the pit. You're making me nervous. I don't turn my back on anything. And I look back towards the pit and just double confirm the interior mm-hmm. of it. Okay. Have we seen anything like these snake-like bodies before? Never. Never. And you said about a dozen other human corpses in there as well? Yeah, six or seven outside the pit, about a dozen or so inside. About in the same uh, shape as they are on the outside, or have they been? They've been burned. They've been burned. Does this pit have any walkway or any means of climbing into it? Not anymore. All right. All the ropes, ropes, ladders, and mining equipment in the pit were burned. And you can tell, because you keep rolling fucking high-ass investigation, (laughs) that this was an oil fire. That someone Mm. lit this and burned this. What do you make of those uh, creatures? I was hoping to ask you the same thing. I haven't seen anything like it in my days. I haven't seen anything on this earth like that. How much more investigating we got to do to get get our other 250 and get the fuck out of here? Yeah, I'm going to... Gentlemen, let's rejoin with the others. I say to Sharp and the Reverend. Hold on just a second. Is there any... How close is the nearest corpse of one of these snake creatures? Um, the pit goes down about 10, 15 feet, and it is full of these, this, this rotting flesh, bones. They're in various different states of sort of decay and destruction. You would have to either use your rope to go down there or fucking jump. I'll do that. Reverend, hold the half of this rope if you don't mind. Just uh, anchor me for a moment. I'm going to go ahead and turn around and put my... Right. Put my gun in there and then slowly lower myself down, kind of repelling, mm-hmm. just to get within range to grab one or two of these snake-like things and toss it up over the edge of the pit. Okay. And I say, be mindful, incoming! <laughs> and kind of lob it up. Okay. And then climb my way mm-hmm. back up. The snake corpse lands sort of at the feet of Reverend Mason, who is holding you at the mm-hmm. rope. Um, Reverend Mason, you look down at this, at this snake-like creature and you can kind of tell in the state that it's in that it has almost these small tentacles around what appears to be either its mouth or its tail. You're not sure. This corpse is about three feet long. And as you're looking down at it, after Clayton threw it up at the top of the pit where you're standing, the ground where the snake corpse is laying begins to sort of, you see the dirt begin to sort of crumble and you see it start, start to sort of collapse into itself as the snake corpse disappears into the sand. Uh, uh, a little, a little, a little help here. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm trying to just don't uh, let me go. Uh, help! Help! I hear, help! And as I, hear you're, yell, I hear him yelling and I gallop forward. Yeah. Okay. Aloysius! Miriam! <clears throat> Let's go. You guys are making your way down as you do, and as, as Clayton, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me an athletics check for climbing back up the pit? Got it. While you're doing that, yeah, go ahead. I'm off my horse. I'm just, I'm just running down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what Absolutely. You guys, yeah, yeah, you guys yeah, get yeah. there in about 20 seconds. Okay. No sure, problem. Sure. Two. As you're, two? As you're running down, <sighs> and as you're attempting to climb, you're holding onto the rope just fine. Reverend Mason, who's holding onto his end of the rope, is frightened by what he's seeing in the ground. And as you see that snake-like uh, creature's corpse disappear, the gap in the ground remains, and out of it 
comes a perfectly healthy one of these creatures who oh, wraps shit. itself around your leg oh! and pulls you to the ground behind oh! you. I want you to make a survival check. No! Uh, where, where oh, no, 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 oh, no. Survival. Okay, okay. Please don't fuck me. Four! Uh, Four. Uh, wait, wait. I have a wound. Does that mean minus one to that? No. Oh, thank yes. God. No, no, no. You're Don't fine. ask him questions like that. Just <laughs> it. You fall to the ground and maintain control of the rope. You, as you're climbing halfway up, with your sexy ass gloves on, <laughs> climbing halfway up the hill, you start to hear him screaming and freaking out. You don't know what's going on. The rope sort of gives a pull, but you stay still. You're sort of grabbing it at, at the sides of this pit at the wall to sort of stabilize yourself. And as you do, you see down at your feet, out from the bottom of the pit, come about four or five other these other creatures. They are three feet long. God damn it. Their mouths have several tongues, several tentacles around them. Their tail has sharp pointers on the end of it. These are no snakes you've ever seen. They're about this thick and about three feet wide. It's time to deal your card. In this game, in this game, you do not roll initiative. Initiative is dealt to you. Let's see what fate has decided. Come on, Vegas. Travis, Angeline, Kari, Marisha, Matt. Now, Matt, you have the Joker card, which means in the initiative order, you can go whenever the fuck you want, even in the middle of someone else's turn and even in the middle of an enemy's turn. The rest of you, we will go in order. And because it's uh, Ollie's face on there, does that mean he dies instantly? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that that go, means does, he's my goddamn does it, savior. Does it go from it's going to go ace is 11 all the way down. So highest to lowest. Highest to lowest. If there's two cards of the same denomination like we have here, we have a six of diamonds and a six of hearts. Mm-hmm. The six of hearts is going to go first because it's reverse alphabetical order. Up first, <laughs> one of the snake creatures is going to try and attack you, Clayton. Please do. Attempt to scramble my ass out of that pit. Okay, go ahead and make another athletics check for me. Come on. There you go, so five. You want to climb out? Just climbing out. You're still holding on to the rope. Mm -hmm. You are on the ground, but you're stabilized. You have your feet. Yeah, you have your feet dug in, whatever you're doing. Yeah, you make your way up to the top of the thing, and you are now out of range of the creature from below the pit that was trying to strike you. Goddamn right I am. Now, you guys can see from out of various parts of the ground surrounding the pit and out of the pit after he has cleared it comes slithering about seven or eight of these creatures and they're kind of looking at you and they're looking around and they're seeing how you're grouped together and they seem to be just sort of like taking it in as they sway back and forth and they're looking at you. I don't know if I have the ability to in my turn but also to just draw my guns. Yes, you can. All right. Throw the coat to the side and grab both my colts and just like start backing away facing towards the ground of the pit. Absolutely. You got doubles? Yeah. Arabella. I'm going to fumble a little bit and and get the colt that Mr. Sharp just got me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hit the one that we pulled out of the pit that's right next to the reverend. Is it on my leg? No, no, no. It wrapped wrapped around your leg, pulled you down. Mm -hmm. 
and then circle back around behind you. Okay, good. It was waiting for the others. It's not in your leg It's not attacking and attached to him. None of them are attacking at the moment. One tried to attack him, obviously, but they are... They're looking at you. They're hostile as fuck, and right, they're looking right, at right, you. Right, right. But nobody has bit at any of one, anyone yet. Right, They've right, just right. taken him down and tried to attack him. Hmm. But that one, after after bringing him down, sort of scurried away back a few feet and waited for a few other ones to appear out of the ground. So, <clears throat> yeah. Shit. Let's hold off on the shooting part, and I mean, I'm just suggesting in your brain somehow magically. Mm-hmm. Who wants to back away? I will definitely back away. Do you want to back away? Do you want to back away? Well, since I've got the long range, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start to back away slowly, but still keep my, obviously keep Keep your sights aimed on on one of them. Whatever's closest to our compadres. As the two of you sort of back away a few feet, two of the snake-like creatures make their way towards both of you. They're not attacking, but they are moving. They are slithering towards you. It's your turn, Arcala. Do you want to do anything else besides back up? Smoke this okay, fucking yeah. thing! As, as soon as I see him start to, to head towards us, I mm-hmm. fire. Okay. You go ahead and make a make a shoot. Shooting. Yep. Make a shoot. <laughs> oh no. What is oh, it? No. Say it. Double ones. Yeah! Double ones. As you which gun are you using? My my Colt. As you aim down the sights at one of the snake-like creatures and go to fire it, the weapon backfires, and you can see the round actually shoot behind you and get stuck in a tree, and the gun all of a sudden becomes extremely hot, and you drop it. And the second it hits the ground, one of the other snake-like creatures comes and grabs it and drags it into the pit. What? I just bought that gun! <laughs> ah! These things are Up far next too clever. is mm-hmm. Reverend Mason. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, crab walk uh, back with my double barrel shotgun, and the one that's closest to me, I'm gonna aim and, and try and remove it from this plane of existence. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, six, explode, uh-huh. two, eight. That hits. Oh, yeah. damage, right. Ah! <laughs> you got it right there. Yeah, you got it. Okay, and I'm so. within 12 feet of it? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, four, ten. Ten points of damage. Do you want to fire uh, both rounds at once or one round at a time? Uh, I think I panic and I'll pull both triggers at the same time. <clears throat> Fantastic. Are they slugs or is it buckshot? I have a spread, so like buckshot. Spread. Buckshot, okay, yeah. cool. As you do, you see immediately the, the creature who is sort of half of it up on its belly in, in attack mode just gets sprayed with buckshot that you aimed perfectly. And uh, it backs away a little bit and two of the other healthy ones sort of come into almost guarded, protected. It's, it's, it's bleeding a little bit, but it's still hostile. It still wants to, it still wants to eat at you. Um, any movement, or would you like to? Yeah, I'm, I'm crab walking backwards, just okay. trying to get back as far as I can. As you walk backwards, the two snakes guarding the other one sort of stay where they are. They're just, they're a little bit, they're a little bit cautious, but they're still, it looks like they're still, like, checking you Um, fuck. Fuck. Yeah, me too. I'll yeah. say, fuck. I'll say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so just to reassess, we still have the two that were coming up on Arabella mm-hmm. and myself. Mm-hmm. You and I are up, you're just a little bit of maybe ahead of us. Is that where we are? Yeah. Clayton's yeah, getting I'm way out ahead of all you guys just getting out of the He's pit. He's just getting out of the pit. Okay, yes. so we still have these two chasing us. Mm-hmm. Do I have a lantern on me? Yeah. Everything was burned before. In the pit. If I take the, uh, the light from the lantern and, and just kind of, kind of wave it, sort of at the, 
just to see see what that yeah ward them mm -hmm. off to see it see how that does. Yeah, go ahead and make an intimidation check for Whoa. me. Intimidation. Oh, good. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, six. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Was it a D six? Exploded. Yeah. Yeah, Do yeah. it again. So reroll add two. Fantastic. So eight. 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 Which which ones are you waving the lantern at? I, I suppose the. There's uh, a few by the pit that came out after he did, right, right. that are kind of chilling towards the edge of the pit. There's the two with them, and then there's three sort of near where Reverend Mason is. The three towards the, the Reverend. So if you walk over there and start sort of waving, I would say you're, you, you'd be within about like four or five feet from them. Sure, sure. As you sort of like waving it back and forth, you see the creatures sort of like back away a little bit. They're not leaving, but they definitely back away, and they definitely close in closer to try and protect that wound. All right. So Reverend, these things don't seem to light fire, but uh, you know, you got some kind of Bible shit you can yell at them, maybe? Mm-hmm. Bible shit would work real good right now, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Talk about fire! For he burns fucking serpents with fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't we just make it up as we go along? That, that'll work. I'm maybe that'll sure work. They Speak through me, Lord. <laughs> I know plenty of preachers who made this shit up here. Amazing. Fantastic. Do you want to do any more movement, or are you okay? Maybe I, I, I take the, the Reverend with me and just back us away as I continue to mm -hmm. let him know everybody, uh, they don't seem to like fire. Yeah. Maybe we should light up. That is what I do. Okay, yes. I light up. Okay. As you do... Sing, do, you, do you get behind her? I 100% okay. do. As you get behind her, the two snake-like creatures also file into single file, and they slither back about a foot from you as you're waving the lantern. Little mimic fuckers. Mm. Noted. Why'd you have to lose that alcohol soap rug? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we could go back and the get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Up next, one of the snake-like creatures that's guarding the one that was wounded by you, Reverend Mason, is going to try and attack you with its bite. Okay. It's mm. going to slither up to you and try to bite. As it approaches you, it catches a glimpse a little bit closer of the lantern that Miriam is waving, and it almost has this moment of, and looks at it and then decides, and he kind of backs away, back into file, protecting that other wounded. That's right, motherfucker. That's right, be gone, um, Satan. Mr. Sharp. It's now your turn. You have successfully made it out of the pit. I have. You have two snakes a little bit hot on your heels. I do, and I have not seen a goddamn thing you all have been doing. I'm busy <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. something else. So as I'm backing away, I'm just going to just double shot towards the one that's nearest to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead and give me a shooting. Alrighty. That's the first one. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a five. Mm -hmm. And the second one is going to be. Uh, a three. Okay, as you fire both of those rounds, the first one hits the dirt next to one of the snakes. The second one hits the snake. Go ahead and roll damage. That's a five points of damage. Okay. I'm just continuing <clears throat> to back up. I'm shouting like, what the fuck are these snakes? Yep. <laughs> After the first shot, the snake lunges towards you and you sort of get your aim on perfectly and you're able to fire around straight down the snake's mouth, exploding out the back of it. And it flops yes. down onto the ground, completely still. 
And after you do that, the other rattlers start to dig into the ground and disappear. The few that were around you with the lanterns, several go into the ground. One of the ones by you grabs the wounded one, drags it into the snake pit. After they all disappear, the ground sort of just like, the dirt is still as it it was before, almost as if these things can activate quicksand and make the dirt sort of do what it wants. Mm -hmm. The others scurry away. And as you guys stand there around the snake pit, you start to suddenly see small black spots appearing in your vision that seem to grow larger and larger and larger. And as you're, as you're standing there beginning to feel yourselves losing your vision, what? your breath starts to slow down. You get very dizzy. The, the, the black spots are getting larger and larger and larger. And all of you fall unconscious to the ground. Now, as you're unconscious, you see nothing, you hear nothing for a few moments. It's completely still. You're not aware of your surroundings in any way, shape, or form. In the void of light and consciousness, you feel in your mind a figure approaching. It's long, narrow, and massive. You don't see it, but you sense its presence. And it speaks to you in your mind's eye. It says, this land is poisoned with the stench. It's in the air. It's in the dirt. It's in the water and the fire. Give unto me your souls and I will grant you power. The dealer will see you now. Suddenly you see flashes of white against the darkness, pulsating. After several beats of this, a silhouette of a dealer appears before you. His face has no features, it's blank. You see his face and you see his hands and nothing else. Can we see each other or? You cannot see each other. And it's not a visual, it's sort of in your mind's eye. You see the dealer deals out five cards in front of you. He lifts one up to you, Arabella, and you see this. Fog, you see this. Clayton, you see this. Reverend Mason, you see this. Miriam, you see this. He shuffles the cards. You hear the familiar voice again come back and say, you decide the fate of this land. It says nothing else. And the image of the dealer and the cards fades from your mind's eye as you awake back to consciousness. Reverend Mason, while you were unconscious, besides the vision that you saw, what did you dream about? I saw a stampede of horses. I saw some men astride those horses, wounded, bleeding. 
I saw the moon above as I thundered through the night on my own horse. I saw the wilderness and barren townscapes as I moved through them. And I saw a chapel with a preacher in front of it. Arabella, what did you dream about? I saw thick black smoke billowing out from a train. Skeletal figures in the smoke being overcome by disease, eating at their flesh. And the smoke from the train turns to smoke from a church. Mm. Visions of my sister's eyes before they decay away. Miriam, what did you dream of? Uh, I dreamt about a small makeshift encampment, almost like a shed, a tiny shed. Uh, that suddenly burst into flames. Mm -hmm. And I began running from the fire, even though it felt like it was right behind me. And at one point I turned behind me and I stopped and I saw that it was a church on fire instead, a church all aflame. Absolutely. Fog. A bolt of lightning. Screaming from a burning church. Screaming or singing. I couldn't tell which. There's a person inside singing or screaming, I can't tell which but a burning church. Clayton, what did you dream about? I dreamt of arriving at an unfamiliar city, walking through a main street as every person in the town turns at once to face me. All eyes on me. Relenting and blinking. Where I try to hide, they follow and they point. As I try and flee the town, there he stands. <clears throat> As you all come back to consciousness, there are no snakes around you. The fire has gone out completely. It's now <clears throat> the middle of the night. Oh shit. Fuck. The scene is still and quiet, much more than when you got there and much more than when you fell asleep. Those whose horses survived, the stampede are still tied up by the trees. As you look down at your feet, as you come to consciousness, you see your gun 
that was thrown into the pit back at your feet and the cap on it is no longer burnt. What do you guys want to do? Can we relight the lanterns? Absolutely. Immediately relight my lanterns? Absolutely. Is everyone all right? Define all right. That's a real good question. I have no idea what just happened. How long has it been? I look at the moon, how far in the sky is it? Can I kind of deduce what time it might be in the middle of the night? I would say for the purposes of this, it's high moon. I knew I got one. That's all you I'm get. I'm in this outfit. Well, yeah. uh, I would say the moon is high and it's nearly full. <laughs> it's gotta be midnight. I'm judging by how far it is off the horizon, being this close to the equinox. I pull open my kit and I pull out some sage and I light it and I start burning it and in the dust I, I grab a stick nearby and I start drawing out the all-seeing eye in okay. the dirt. <clears throat> what the hell is that? I'm just any type of additional protection. I mean, don't get me wrong, Reverend. I'm sure the good Lord is in our good favor, but... But we can use all the help we can get. Exactly. The Lord is our shepherd, but I have never seen anything like those things. What were they? Can we get back to the city? To the town? I mean, we can certainly backtrack. We'll be traveling hours away at night. night. Well, if you double up, you got enough horses for everybody to ride. Are we sure any of that actually happened? I mean, it, my my gun, it, it got it got pulled into the pit, and it's here, and it I'm pretty it looks sure like unless we all had the exact same vision, something happened. The question is, is have we been given a, a second chance? I mean, whatever it is, knocked us out and left us left us here, and now we're fine. What did that thing say to you? It said, it said that, that, that we had something to do with, uh, with this land being... Poisoned. Poisoned. By greed. But that we, we had some, something to do with the land salvation, wasn't that so right? So we all had the same dream. I saw a, a dealer. Did anyone else see a dealer? I did too. Seemed like it. This is some fucked up shit. Let's go ahead and, like... Toss out the two expended shells and replace them to reload the guns and okay. walk aggressively towards the edge of the pit, not too close, but just to look back in and see what, with whatever lantern is available, and try and just see if what's, what we saw originally is still within there. It is. Some of the bodies are more charred than before because there was still some underfire going on there and, the, you know, just the heat and everything, but um, everything else looks the same. Well, whatever it was wasn't entirely a vision. These things are still there. So take solace in the knowledge that that fuckery's still around. Can I try and uh, heal myself, spend a chip to get rid of this wound because it's the middle of the fucking night you and can. we're going to have to go somewhere to get rid of it? Before you do that... For my high moon joke, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'll do I do with uh, this shot glass? Just put it to the side? You are no longer wounded. The bartender will come pick that okay, up. Okay, good deal. Your horses, as you can see... Start, you start to hear them neighing, and you can see the horses are getting a little bit restless, tied up at the trees. I'd really like to get back, or at least get on these horses and mm-hmm. get out of here. I concur. Okay. Well, what are we going to tell Mr. Swearingen? I have a feeling he was looking for a tangible reason for the issues at this mine. Are we going to tell them that demonic 
snake creatures? Is Maybe. there a reason? I mean, there's no sign of any of these creatures. The one that was shot corpses anywhere around. We could take a corpse back. Yeah, what happened last time I tried to do that, though. That's what's making me a little fucking nervous. Yep. We can figure out our story as soon as we get out of here. I would just as soon be as far away from these creatures and closer to town. You don't want to throw a body over the back of a horse for our ride in? I mean, it would go a lot further than just our word. I'll tell you what. Are the human bodies still around? Yeah, the corpses that are on the outside of the pit are still there. I'm going to take out my Bowie knife, and I'm going to go ahead and carve off the head of the man whose inside of his mouth was destroyed. Oh, my God. Oh, Clayton. You you cut off the head, and you now have a dead miner's head. How long is his hair? He's got short hair. All right. He's got longer hair. He's got short hair. <laughs> he's got short hair, and he's he's got short hair, and he's clean shaven. Yeah. I really would have preferred the. Did you have? <laughs> you want to grab one of them snakes? No. Be my guest. No. I ain't going the back in there. Let me. Uh, let me. Are there any snake carcasses around? The only or snake carcasses no. that remain are inside the pit. Or in the pit. Any other ones that were outside the pit, okay. the live ones disappeared back into the ground, taking with them any dead or wounded. I feel like that head is all the evidence we need. That'll serve. We should go. I'll toss it in the sack that the guns were absolutely to me too, and just toss it over the back of the horse. <clears throat> Sorry. Can I ride with you? Hop on, lady. All right. So you this two time double I, I up. don't care. I wrap my legs okay. around yeah. him. Yeah. This side yeah. chat, side Decorum be right. fucking damned. Yes. <laughs> are you two double up on a horse again? We are. Okay. Do you have good uh, good riding skill, or do you just have I mean, one? It's decent. This is D4. Yeah. Okay, then we're we're in the same boat. You two are doubled up, and you are doubled up with the head of the dead Irishman. I am. As you guys leave this terrifying scene, start to make your way back through. You decide to circumvent the narrow canyon this time. Mm-hmm. Great idea. You have a very peaceful, quiet trip back. Once you crest the final hill over where the graveyard is, and you can see the town of Deadwood, you see something unusual, which is most of the street lanterns that haven't been stolen are lit. In the distance, you see all this light coming from the town. It seems, it seems odd for those of you who have spent some time there that you know, usually there's just one or two. Towns lit up like there's a, like there's something happening. And as you get closer, you start to hear the familiar crackling sound of gunfire start to echo up the hills at you. What? Um, God damn it. As you get closer, <laughs> you start to feel faint again. But not seeing the spots, you just start to slow down. Your horses sense something happening and your horses slow down. And as you sort of group up together and you're each sort of sensing the same thing, your vision goes black. And you hear the voice once more tell you, how do you want to dispel your hate? You have access to power. Let's play a game. Your vision comes back to you. And suddenly, Within you, you start to feel this arcane energy pulsating through your blood, your heart, your brain. You look at each other and everyone sort of looks like they're, they've just taken five <laughs> cups of coffee and everyone looks amped. And you can see glowing around each of you 
this blue-green sort of hue. It's faint. It's not, it's not lighting up the valley, but you can see it around each of the other ones of you. And as you try to take each other in and you're feeling this sort of tingling sensation, you look down at your hands and you can see light sort of going through each of your fingers as if, as if there was ink going through each of your veins translucently. And you can feel within you some sort of strength that you didn't have before. And as you look at each other and notice that everyone's having the same exact reaction to whatever this thing said to you, that's where we're going to end our first. Thank you for listening to Undeadwood on the Critical Role Podcast Network. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a review on whatever podcasting app you're using. Your words may draw a weary soul to a new adventure. If you'd like to support the show, check out our shop. We've released a deck of playing cards inspired by Undeadwood. You can find them at shop.critroll.com. Undeadwood returns next week with part two, God Don't Play Cards.